Thanks, Julie. Morning, everyone. Happy New Year. We, um, in the morning service over the next couple of uh, months, we're going to take a series of themes. Sometimes when we speak uh, in church, we follow, uh, just kind of basically follow through a Bible, a book of the Bible, and we have just recently been through um, the early part of Matthew's Gospel, looking at the Sermon on the Mount and a whole load of themes from that. Over the next few weeks and a couple of months, we're going to look at some themes uh, around worship. What does it mean to be a people who, who worship? And uh, we've stolen these themes from a book called Now to Him, which is written by uh, a theologian, pastor, a guy called Simon Ponsonby, who is, uh, works in Oxford, and uh, a guy called Neil Bennett, who's a worship leader from uh, Cheltenham. Uh, he came to speak uh, last term in the evening service. And uh, it's a great book, uh, just some introduction about what worship is all about. And so we're taking the theme now to him, getting Christ back at the centre of our worship and looking at some specific themes to do with being a people who worship. And this morning is, is all about singing. Often when we talk about worship, we take a, a broad interpretation of worship, particularly from passages like Romans 12, where it says, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. And we say worship is, of course, a whole life thing. Uh, the way that we live our lives, our work should be worship. The way that we operate in our families with our friends should be honouring to God. And, all. and so you know that that's kind of a foundational starting point. But you'll forgive me today if we, if we get into some specifics about what does it mean to be a people who sing, who sing in worship. And um, particularly thinking about passages like Psalm 96 that was read to us uh, by Penny that says, Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, praise his name, pro- proclaim his salvation day by day. And so this morning we're thinking about the fact that singing matters. Now even if you consider yourself to have a rubbish voice this morning, and you may even be thinking to yourself, I don't do singing. Uh, today I want you to ju- just to broaden your perspective a bit and think that singing matters. Your voice, what comes out of your mouth as we spend time together singing, or even when you're by yourself at home in the shower or bath or you know whatever it is, singing matters. Somebody said to me, uh, not long after we arrived at St. Michael's, somebody said, then, then they've moved away since, not as a result of this conversation, I'm about to tell you. But, but they, they said to me this, they said, I don't do singing. I don't do singing. And yet I knew that they were a massive football fan. So I said, you know, when you're on the terraces or you're in, in the stand and people are, you, you know, singing, do you sing? And they said, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd go for it. It's just everybody's in it together and they're going for it. And I said, so when you say you don't do singing, what you mean is I don't do singing in church, but I do sing at other times. And they realised that going too far down that argument it was, it seemed a little bit you know, incongruous. And, and I think sometimes we, we sing in certain environments, we're comfy with singing, and other times we, we don't. Um, but singing matters. A music producer once commented that there are, in the world of pop, there are only four kinds of songs. Um, there's the I love you songs, there's the I hate you songs, there's the go away songs, and there's the please come back 
songs. And um, I think that's probably just about right. Um, uh, but when we think about singing in worship, there are, of course, and we've sung it already today, 10,000 reasons why my heart will sing. And probably more than that. 10,000 reasons why we would want to open our mouths and praise the Lord. And so this morning is about the power of a song um, and thinking through what that means. Sing to the Lord a new song, the psalmist wrote, Psalm 96. Sing to the Lord all the earth, tell of his salvation from day to day. And uh, did you know that in the Bible there are over 400 references to singing in the Bible and 50 direct commands to sing? quite scary isn't it that thought if you think I'm not great at singing 50 direct commands to sing and it's twice in the New Testament that we're commanded to sing it says sing psalms hymns and spiritual songs so I think uh, my start of a 10 is that I think there are three ways that singing in worship helps us Whether you consider yourself to have a good voice or not, and I'll come to that in a moment, there are three ways that I think singing helps us. Why it's important. Why we don't just get together on Sundays and say, um, let's just sit and be quiet for an hour or two. There are three reasons why singing is important. And the first is this. Singing can help us remember scripture. How many of you, if you were at Sunday school, back in the day when you were little you learnt songs that still stick with you how many people got, got hands up for that yeah so they, they kind of stick with you don't they the songs that you sang that enabled you to have some grounding in what the bible says well one of the songs that we, be, we sing across often the, in uh, the split start is may the god of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him as you trust in him lifted straight out of Romans 15 verse 13 and bashed straight into a song uh, I think there's, a, there's a, a massive call for that actually, people to take scripture and write music uh, that goes with it singing can help us remember scripture let the word of Christ Paul wrote to the Colossians, he said let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs there's some dynamic there is let the word of Christ dwell in you as you sing as you sing it helps you recall uh, scripture and that's important because we in our minds we can store literally thousands of songs music stuff that brings back uh, thought, thought patterns and bits of the bible music has a mnemonic power I think as you listen to music how many of you have had the experience of listening to a piece of music that you maybe haven't heard for a while and in just listening to it a glimpse of it it brings back smells memories moments in your life when you're going to go ah I I remember that it just evokes all those senses that you had at the time when it was first sung Uh, I I love music and uh, when we went to see We Will Rock You in London um as the show opened up and they started to sing the Queen classics I'm a big Queen fan <laughs> dates me entirely but um, as they started to sing um, I, I just started to cry Carol was like what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> it's a show but it just kind of evoked all those emotional memories from 
what it was like back in the end of the 70s and the early 80s when uh, you know, they, they, it was going to concerts and hearing them sing all that stuff. It just evokes so much emotion. It's partly, I think, why in Deuteronomy 32, not that it mentions Queen there, but in, in Deuteronomy 32, it says that God uses music to help his people remember his word. If you look at that story with Moses, God uses music to, to enable people to remember his word. And so there are implications to that. If, if singing helps us remember scripture, it means that we should use in church effective melodies. You know, if, if you have a great melody to a song, you remember it, don't you? If it's rubbish, you don't. Um, so for songwriters, they want to be writing melodies that enable us to, that stick with us, that remember. We should sing words that remind us of the gospel. Um, it, it matters not just kind of what we sing, but to who we sing it. Some songs contain content, don't they? Other songs are more expressing our love for the Lord. And we love you, Lord. We give our lives to you. We thank you that you gave your life for us. All of this enables us to connect, to help us remember. And so our lyrics should reflect, reflect the, the broad themes of scripture. Ask yourself this question. If the teaching of our church was only limited to the songs that we sing, in other words, there were never any sermons. Some of you might be like, yay. But if there were never any sermons in church, if it was only limited to the songs that we sing, what would we know of the gospel? What would we know? Singing can help us remember the gospel. Secondly, singing can help us connect emotionally with the Lord. Not that we're focused on emotionalism. We sing in order to get emotional. Um, but we, as we sing, it is the language of emotion in every culture, in every age, as people have sung and written songs. It enables us to connect emotionally with the Lord. In fact, somebody was saying at our nine o'clock service that um, in one of the, the, the songs that we sang, Before the Throne of God Above, it said they, they got part of the way through the second verse of that song, which is all about you know, Jesus' death and resurrection, could get part of the way through, and then they couldn't carry on because they choked up during the worship um, and that wasn't because it was being played badly it was just that the, 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 the song was evoking a response of emotion and that's a good thing isn't it nobody could criticise the Anglican church for being over emotional uh, let's, <laughs> let's face it so we, we, we need that Singing and worship can help us connect with the God who loves us, who gave himself up for us, who rescued us, who sets us back on the right path, uh, who fills us with his spirit. Worship in singing helps us connect emotionally. It's interesting, isn't it, when you look at um, the story of Saul and King David before he was, when he was simply a, you know, a harp player. There's quite a lot of harps in the Bible anybody plays a harp um, do let me know we'd love to include you in the worship band um, probably in a different room but we'd love to have you uh, we'd love to have you there it, it says when when Saul's spirit was calmed when David played the harp and sang there's something that happens when people sing and then thirdly I think singing strengthens the church 
It's interesting, again, in Ephesians 5, it says, sing to one another psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. That's an interesting phrase, isn't it, that? Sing to one another. It doesn't say, just sing to the Lord. It says, sing to one another. Uh, So a song like, for instance, Come, Now is the Time to Worship, is not a song directed at the Lord. You know, come on, Lord, now is the time to worship. Like the Lord says, well, yeah, I, I get that already. I understand. I am surrounded by millions of angels worshipping all the time. I kind of get the whole worship thing. So it's not, a, it's not a song directed to the Lord, is it? Like, Lord, come on, get into this. We're doing our best. Um, it's a song that we sing to one another. I think when we sing, come, now is the time to worship, we should be looking at one another, actually, and saying, come on. Now is the time to worship. Let's go for it, people. Let's step in. Let's step up. Let's press into the Lord's presence. Let's go for it. And we should be looking at one another when we sing that. So next time we do sing that song, don't be embarrassed about fixing somebody's eyes (laughs) across the congregation uh, and saying, come on, Martin, sing. Now is the time to worship. Uh, You know, it should be, that should be what it's about. We sing to one another sometimes it strengthens the church as we sing and it's why whenever uh, some folks have said to me you know whenever we seem to do anything at St Mike's of a prayer meeting or we, we always seem to sing a lot and, and I always say well well spotted um, we do because it's important that we do when we sing we strengthen ourselves as the church we worship the Lord we press in we get to know him better and and we do it as a people alongside each other so there's the power of the song but what if what if I can't sing Uh, I think if you can't sing here's a piece of advice Um, and apologies if this is over complex um, but just go with me on this if you can't sing my advice is simply this sing Anyway, there we go. That's uh, that's it. That's um, I know I, I do have a ministry in the uh, stating the obvious. Um, <laughs> sing anyway, even if you can't sing. If you say actually you can be taught. That's true, love, isn't it? People can be taught to sing. If you think you've got a dreadful voice and it's been confirmed uh, in a ministry of encouragement by the, by the person behind you um, <laughs> or next next to you. Um, you, can, you can get better at singing by singing. Sing anyway. I was, when I was at Vicar Factory, training to be a vicar back in the end of the, end of the 80s, early, uh, uh, we, we, I was on placement at St. Peter's Church in Filton, and I was there with a friend of mine, Rich, who I was at college with, and um, I've got a whole load of really embarrassing stories of what went wrong in that placement, but anyway, won't bore you with all of those. Now... Um, including pouring communion wine all over one lady as she was waiting for, to take communion at the rail. Just didn't spot that she, she was, I was looking in the other direction, just poured communion wine all over her. Um, emptied, a, emptied a whole chalice all over her. But um, anyway, that's uh, by the by. Um, uh, but, but Rich, I remember what I was saying now, Rich, Rich was uh, singing at the church with, he was sitting next to me in, in the pew and Rich had the worst voice in Christendom and probably the world uh, he, it was a, a really bad voice and I only realised that when he sat next to me singing one day and he was singing a hymn or a song and he, it, it sounded like 
you know, a whole choir of dying cats. It was just really dreadful. And I looked at him and I said to him, you know, Rich, your voice is... Um, I was trying to be as encouraging as I could and said, Rich, your voice is dread- dreadful. And um, he just smiled at me and said, yeah, I know. <laughs> and he just sang with all his heart. He just groaned away, you know, it was kind of words, groans, you know, just would just go, go for it. And I, it was something, although it was mildly embarrassing for me at the time, there was something in, in that that I thought was really important. If you think you can't sing, sing anyway. It's partly why we turn the music up so loud, you know. <laughs> if you just think you can't, can't sing, do it anyway. There's something about expressing worship, even if you're not sure whether it's in tune or not. Um, and if the person next to you kind of moves a little bit further away, um, just follow them um, <laughs> like that and just keep, keep singing. There's something important about that as we, as we sing in worship. Secondly, if people say, well, I, d- I don't know the songs in, in your church, you know, there are a range of churches you can go to now with a whole range of different styles of worship and stuff that's going on. I think it's easy, easy to learn. Some of the songs, we repeat them. Um, and sometimes we repeat them in one service. So, you know, you kind of, so you, know, you can get used to singing the stuff as they get sung. It's easy to learn. You can get CDs, downloads. You can find something, a way of connecting with the worship if you don't understand or don't know the songs that we sing. There are ways of finding that out. The songs aren't my style. That's partly why at St. Michael's we provided a kind of a little opportunity of different types of worship services nine o'clock a bit more traditional more hymns at 10 30 you know families more you know kind of freer newer modern worship 6 30 kind of more of the same and perhaps more of the more uh, more of that going on at five o'clock even song traditional hymns that's this evening five o'clock phil is speaking by the way tonight so do come and encourage him um to do that uh, the, the opportunities different styles reflected that's a good thing i think and it's important somewhere in the christian market your style will be represented if you're a massive fan of hip-hop um, i can find you worshipful hip-hop artists if you're kind of you know drum and bass if that's your thing ken um you know i can find you kind of christian drum and bass stuff if uh, if you're more of a, you know, a kind of a, an easy listening type person, um, talk to Karen. Um, she, she'll po- point you in the right direction. Your style, if, you, if you're somebody that, you know, you listen to Handel's Messiah and it moves you to worship, then hurrah, keep listening to it. Use it. Respond to it. Your style will, re- will be represented in the Christian market. There's never been a time in Christian history, I think, when... Uh, there are more options for the ways that we might sing. Even if you went back a generation in this country when it was just hymns, that was the option for singing. And people would have felt mildly, you know, bad that the only option was hymns or Rolling Stones. You know, nowhere in between. You know, or the Pilgrims. Um, Derek, um, you know, th- these, these options have spread for us so that there are more options for us to find the, the style that works for you. And I would say this. I would say sing <coughs> or sneeze every day. 
sneeze, sneezing in worship. <laughs> That's the sermon next week. Julie is going to be speaking about that, and um, she's got a lovely line in, in "Worshipful Sneezing." Sneeze for Jesus. Uh, her latest album is available by download uh, on the, on the website. So what was I saying? Um, singing every day, yes. It's important to sing every day, even if you think you can't. Do it. Sing every day. In your shower, in your house, in the car on the way to work. Um, you know, sing every day. Give it a go this week. If singing is normally restricted to what you do in a concert or in church, break out of that. Sing this week. Find a CD that floats your boat that enables you to worship and sing along with it this week um, whack the iPod in get the, and sit. obviously be careful about that because sometimes I find myself in public places with headphones in singing and realising that all the people can hear is me singing and not the backing track that I'm listening to so uh, be careful with that one but sing every day if you can sit with your, uh, an iPod or CD or other um, generic MP3 players um, use that allow worship to wash over you whatever you do whenever you have your moments of quiet quiet times, time to pray maybe to just to sit and allow a worship song to wash over you to listen to it as you know Chris Tomlin or Matt Rebben or whoever it is sings over you or um, Handel you know, allow worship to flow over you and then, and then sing in church, life groups and conferences. When we sing together in church, when we, when we gather together, sing with all you've got. Even if you think you can't, do it. Go for it. Uh, sing, respond to the Lord. And it's more than just our voices as well, actually. I mean, our, the, the way that we use our bodies. You know, the, the number of... I was going to show you a picture this morning, didn't have time, of a bunch of people with their hands in the air like that going for it and the question on the picture was simply which conference do you think this is um, and do you know what the answer was Chelsea it's a whole load of Chelsea fans with their hands in the air watching Chelsea you know singing their hearts out and I thought you know we do it there and we get to church we kind of like keep your hands down and look disinterested if at all possible I might, be, I might embarrass myself well in some ways who cares I would love more embarrassment in church. It would be a great thing. Embarrass yourself, you know, just, you know, go for it in worship. There's something about expressing our worship physically that makes a difference. It infuses us. It touches God's heart when we just let go and go for it. Um, So sing in church and give the Lord all that you can. Sing in life groups. You don't have to have a guitarist or a pianist. You can use... Um, YouTube clips, we were thinking about that yesterday with our life group leaders, Vijay was saying in their group, they you know, sometimes use a little YouTube clip of a worship song and enable that to be the way that people join in and sing sing in life groups and sing at conferences, it's why people from St Michael's go to Spring Harvest and New Wine and Keswick and all of these places because in those environments you've got 5,000 people singing in worship, there's something that happens there, or Soul Survivor or you know, that we just get drawn in and we sing up and we sing out as a result. So I would say church, life groups, conferences 
absolutely go for it. That's it. Why don't we uh, stand and we'll pray together.